Good morning. I never know whether to start with good morning or something else because I record this and we broadcast it live for Sunday morning. In fact, this coming Sunday morning will be May the 8th. And if you're watching on Sunday morning, May the 8th, I want to say Happy Mother's Day. You may very well see this later in the week. You may pick this up on the internet. You may be watching this in 2025. Who knows? But we want to start off at least this morning by saying good morning and happy Mother's Day to all the mothers that are in the crowd. So the last few weeks as we've gone into this study of 1 Peter, we've been talking about some key concepts and we've been working a lot on holiness, what holiness is. So this week we're going to keep working kind of in that vein. Peter uses a new metaphor this week in his exhortation to the people to have a holy life. His readers, the people that would have been reading his letter, and remember that his letter would have been just like a letter that you would read that you would get from a relative. It wouldn't have chapters and verse numbers and all that stuff. And you can actually read this book that way. But his readers, they would have purified themselves and they were ready for the practice or ministry of holiness. They weren't baby believers anymore. They were seasoned people and they were to grow up together to offer spiritual sacrifices as a chosen royal priesthood. So thinking of that, there's some key concepts we want to talk about. We will start today that New Testament believers are God's people. And we want to go to Romans 9, verses 20 through, uh, 22 through 26. And what if God, wanting to display his wrath and to make his power known, endured with much patience objects of wrath prepared for destruction? And what if he did this to make known the riches of his glory on objects of mercy that he prepared beforehand for glory? On us, the ones he also called, not only from the Jews, but also from the Gentiles. As it also says in Hosea, I will call not my people my people, and she who is unloved, beloved. And it will be in the place where they were told, you are not my people, there they will be called sons of the living God. So thinking about that concept, we're going to take a verse out of our main scripture today. We're going to go to Peter 2.10. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. You had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Believers are the true children of Abraham. And if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed. Heirs according to the promise. So we are holy people and we are people of God, not just according to the promise that God made to the nation of Israel, but also because we as Gentiles are also getting the promise and the openness that God made when he extended the blessings of Israel to the Gentile nation. So these are the things that we kind of kind of get us to where we are today, and we would just want to pick up there and go forward and talk about if we are these holy people and if we are this royal priesthood, how do we get there, what did we get, who do we get it from, and what do we do with it? That's probably the most important thing. So let's pray. Father God, just thank you for what you have for us today, God. Thank you for your love and your kindness and your blessing. God, thank you that we are the chosen people of God. 
God, the people watching today need to hear from you, not from me. And so, God, I just ask that you speak to their hearts through their TVs or their devices or their iPads, whatever they're watching on. Just speak to their hearts today and let them hear from you on this Mother's Day. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. So on Mother's Day today, here's something else I want you to do. If you're watching and it's Sunday, May the 8th, and it's Mother's Day, I want you to email me. Say, hey, I'm watching today. And for everybody that does that, I'm going to send you a gift. Now, it's not going to be a dozen roses. It might be for one of you. If there's a bunch that respond, we might pick somebody's name out and send that on. But we'll send you a little something. So as we go to our passage today, we are in, again, 1 Peter chapter 2. And today we're focusing on verses 4 through 10. So beginning now in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 4. As you come to him, a living stone, rejected by people, but chosen and honored by God, you yourselves as living stones, a spiritual house, are being built to be a holy priesthood to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For it stands in scripture, see... I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and honored cornerstone, and the one who believes in him will never be put to shame. So honor will come to you who believe. But for the unbelieving, the stone that the builders rejected, this one has become the cornerstone, and a stone to stumble over, and a rock to trip over. They stumble because they disobey the word. They were destined for this. But you the people that are reading this, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his possession, so that you may proclaim the praises of the one who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. You had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. As you come to him does not refer, if we look back up in, in verse 4, the phrase, as you come to him, does not refer to our initial response as sinners who come to Christ for salvation. Of course, that's the first step. That's the critical step. Uh, coming off Easter a couple of weeks ago, we know that the resurrection is just the key of everything we do, and the resurrection requires us. We honor the resurrection by becoming believers in Jesus. But this phrase is not talking about this. The participle's tense and voice in this phrase indicate that this coming is a personal, habitual approach. It's an intimate association of communion and fellowship between believers and their Lord. We also see this in 1 Peter 2, 5. And this verse says, you yourselves as living stones, a spiritual house, are being built to be a holy priesthood to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Now I want to interject a phrase here because we're going we're to kind of finish up with this. So I want you to hear this a couple of times today. Living stones become living houses. So just remember that. Living stones become living houses. So our first point today is, what is the church? 
Remember that back during the time that this letter was written, the church was the people of God. We think sometimes of the church being the building where we go on Sunday and, you know, during the week on Wednesday night we go for kids gathering and all that. The church has never been about being a building. In fact, in the first 300 years after Jesus' death, there were no churches. There were no church buildings. It wasn't until Constantinople's mom decided that he needed to have this big church building uh, to be important, then she built one for him. Uh, for the first 300 years, there were no buildings. The people of God gathered in homes, in yards, in uh, places around town. They gather on the Temple Mount. They gather wherever they had a chance to. So the church has never been about being the building. The church is about being God's chosen people. Looking at 1 Peter 2, 9, But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his possession, so that you may proclaim the praises of the one who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. This concept also is carried forward in John. John 1, 12 to 13 says this, but to all who did receive him, he gave them the right to be children of God. I want to stop there just for a second. That's a hugely important phrase. That's, that's something that you really ought to just wrap your arms around and, and hold on to. We can call ourselves, once we are believers, we can call ourselves children of the Most High God. And that is not only a great honor for us and a great privilege, it's God's grace and mercy that gives it to us, but it's also a calling for us to do something different than non-believers. So continuing on to be children of God to those who believe in his name, who were born not of natural descent or of the will of the flesh or of the will of man, but of God. So as we're looking at these at these phrases and meanings today, we want to think about what the church is, and we need to remember that the church is not bricks and mortar. Uh, we've looked at the passage in, in 1 Peter 2, 9 that talks about that we are called into marvelous light. The other thing we need to remember that the church is not a building is that we are God's servants. Well, how did we get to be God's servants? And if God can create the universe and everything else, why does he need us? And why does God need us to be his servants? And the answer to that clearly is we're called to give praise and honor and glory to God. And we do that by acting the way God wants us to act. And that's one of the things that makes us servants of God. The people of God become temples of God. Back to 1 Peter 2.5. You yourselves as living stones, a spiritual house, are being built to be a holy priesthood to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. We are also, as believers, the body of Christ. Go to Ephesians 1, 22 and 23. And he subjected everything under his feet and appointed him as head over everything for the church, talking, of course, now about Jesus, which is his body, the fullness of the one who fills all things in every way. And there's a lot of different theologians that look at this fullness and filling and go off kind of on tangents of what that filling is. 
It's not that Jesus is going to fill your pockets with money, but Jesus will fill your life with grace and peace and mercy, the things that, that we know we need. Uh, sometimes we don't even know we need them, but Jesus does. So that's what the filling and the fullness in this passage talk about. So if the church is not bricks and mortar, and if we are the body of Christ as the people of Christ, if we are temples of God because we're living in a holy way that he wants us to, then what do we do? I mean, that's, that's who we are. That's who gave it to us. That's why we're here. But so now, how and what next? What is our application of these passages? Jesus sends believers into all the world. This will be a passage that's familiar to many of you, Acts 1.8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Notice there... It doesn't say you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, and once you're through doing all that, then, then you're going to go to Judea and do all that and then to Samaria. No. God calls us to be his witness in Jerusalem, which is our little space around us. It may be our town. It's certainly our family and our home and our work and the folks we hang around with. And, but it expands out from there. Judea and Samaria, it's for us here in Wimberley, it's expanding out to the area around us, Austin and San Antonio, and then to all of Texas, to the United States, and then to the ends of the earth. We're called to do all these things at the same time. So if God's purpose in choosing believers for himself is so that they may declare the praises of God before others, then how can we do that? Praises can be also translated into eminent qualities, uh, can be translated excellencies, it can be translated virtues. Uh, the virtue term is only used four times in the New Testament. We need to remember that believer priests, which is who we are once we become believers in Jesus, should live their lives so that their heavenly Father's qualities are evident in their lives. That's back to, to uh, 2 Peter verses 1, 3, and 5. Believer priests should live so that their heavenly Father's qualities are evident in their lives. Your life, if you're trying to, to live a life of holiness, a life that God calls us to live because we are beloved children of God, your life should exhibit qualities that people can see that are different than the qualities of people in the world, non-believers, are living their lives. You should have people around you that ask, what do you have? You, you have something different than other people around. What is it? And not only what is it, but how can I get some of it? So living a life of holiness is not necessarily a life that's lived away from worldly people, because you need to be in the world. You need to be showing God's grace and peace and mercy. You need to be telling people around you where your hope comes from. But we need to be living lives that have qualities that are different than the people around us. And the qualities that will show are the qualities of holiness that God wants us to have. We talked about when we started that 
living stones become a living house. If you are living your life as a living stone of God, you stack living stones together, what must they become? Living stones have to become a living house. And as a living stone stacked along the other living stones of the believers around me, we become as a church the living house of God. If you look at a church and there's no life in it, if people are not actively learning and growing and serving and sharing the hope they have in Jesus, it may not be a living house, but you need to do your part to live that life and then plug into and stack on with and connect with other living stones around you so that as a church, as the local church, and as the big C church in the world, we can do our part as living stones and then merge and have the church be living houses. Hey, I hope this helped today. Uh, again, reach out. Let me know you were here. If you're here on Sunday Mother's Day, I'll have a gift for you. Thanks for joining us. If you need something, uh, we love you as our online family. If there's something going on in your life you need prayer for, you need help with, if you're having trouble finding a place to serve in your community, reach out. Scott at fbcwimberly.com. I'd love to help you. Love to pray for you. Love to get you connected in your community serving. And if you're away from us, you're not in the Wimberley Valley, and, and you feel like you're missing having a church home, you just don't know where to turn to find one, reach out. I'd be happy to help plug you in to a good Bible-preaching, believing church in your community. We love you. And remember, as always, we want to close with, God loves you.